You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. All right, as boring as the product can be on the ice, it's just not boring on social media. Maybe that's why everyone's so out of control this year. Is like there's nothing going on on the ice, so we have to create and just talk shit online all, all the time. Well, the, the thing is, is like unless you're winning, yeah. Like if you're Boston, you're cruising. Like we had two seasons like that. You're cruising. Is anybody fighting about anything? No, no. It's you're great. Winning. You're winning every single night. There are no problems. There's nothing to argue about. So now we're in the opposite. Can't fucking win two games in a row. Are you back in the race? I don't even know. Are you we? you know, you were back in the race if you would have beat Anaheim after losing, after beating Minnesota and Dallas. What was because that? Uh, you'd be somebody... two back of Winnipeg with a game with a game against them coming up, and that would be in it. Somebody made that tweet. I got I got to pull this up. I don't know if it's still fresh on your stories or not. The three way race between uh... <laughs> the who who is fight who really wants the battle for who wants that extra week of vacation. Do you have that? Because that um, sums up somewhere. That sums up the amount of frustration I feel clearly. It's just like if if Winnipeg could just like win a game and put us out of our misery, that would be kind of nice. Like Winnipeg is, and I guess Nashville too, but you kind of expected Nashville to be like this. Like Winnipeg is single-handedly keeping the flames like semi alive. We're on life support. We're like the guy in Monty Python. He's, he won't go on the cart. I'm not dead yet. I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> you're not fooling anyone. Yes, you are. You're dead. I hear this. All right. The battle. For, who is this? Bamboozle. If you want credit, I don't know if you listen or not. The battle for a second wild card spot in the West is an absolute bloodbath. Records in the past week. The Winnipeg Jets, 1-3-0 and zero with a 25% winning percentage. This is this is the battle for the last oh, wild card spot. Nashville, 1-2-1 one, and one with a 3-7-5 winning percentage. And then there's the Flames leading the pack, 1-1-2. One, one and two. 500. 500. Winning straight across the board is the 500 winning percentage. You got to take the cake. Is that all it takes? Just go 500 hockey from here on out, and we're in. At this like rate, this, it might. This is hilarious. These teams are putting in 110, percent and it shows. Again, this is what I keep calling. This is the race for who wants the extra week of vacation because whoever gets in is going to get murdered by whoever they have to play in the first round, anyways. So this is like who gets to Bora Bora faster: the Flames, the Jets. The Preds. Well, unless Colorado finishes first, yeah, even, I guess, if, you, I guess even if you squeak in, are you tell me you're gonna get, you're not gonna get swept by Dallas. You're not gonna get swept by Vegas, are you? You might get swept by Vegas. I don't know. Vegas might sweep but, you. I mean, someone uh, who was it? 
I don't know. It was making social media because one of the one of the analysts on was it Hockey Night made a comment like, "Oh, nobody's." I think it was Greg Millen. Teams are hoping Calgary isn't the team that gets in because they wouldn't want to face them in the first round. And obviously, a lot of people had, you know, some some jokes about that, and I could see why. But on the other hand, we've dude, you've seen the two beat or the seven beats two thing. Since time immemorial, if you get in, some wacky shit's going to happen. It could easily come at the hands of a team that no one expects expects to do dick all, which is actually a good team, five on five statistically. I mean, pull up like let's let's do that stat. We're going to do that stat. Do you have it in front of you? The absolute shitstorm of everything that's happened this year. Yes, they posted this to start the last game. I think in Anaheim. And it's a complete summation of the Calgary Flames season, a, pe- a, a complete summation of the emotional frustration you felt all season long as a fan. This is it. But yeah, let's, let's go through this. Do you have it at your hand? Yeah, I've got it right now. So games decided by one goal, 41. 41 games is the, obviously far and away the most in the NHL. Okay. 41 one goal games. So first in the NHL. Yeah, losses in one goal games. 26. They've lost 26 of the 41. That's the most in the NHL. Brutal. Uh, overtime and shootout losses, 15. Obviously the most in the NHL. We're three away from tying the record, by the way. This one is just freaking mind-blowing. Posts hit, obviously most in the NHL. 77 posts! That's more than a post per game. And you might... I mean, obviously, hey... Some seasons it might not have an effect, but it's having an effect this season when all you're lose you decided 41 games by one goal and you lost 26 of them. Let's say five of those go in in the 26 losses. You have 10 more points. 10 more points, and you're comfortably ahead of the Edmonton Oilers. Unless some of those were OT losses, maybe you have Conservatively, conservatively, let's say you have eight more points. Let's say you have five more points. You're still there. You're in. You're in the wild card spot. You're on top. And you're how many back from you know first? Like Seattle doesn't even have a bunch of cushions. Yes. There's not a lot of separation, really. Especially if you add a, you know, an extra five points. Imagine the power play was decent. There's an extra another five. Oh God! Nobody's fighting. Nobody. People don't have Daryl. There's peace on earth. They don't have, what's it called when you have a. Daryl derangement syndrome. <laughs> Fire Sutter derangement syndrome. It's it's a thing. It's a, it's a serious condition here currently. But I was thinking of what's the thing where you hang, hang a fake body of Daryl. And... Like pretend to hang him like a mock killing or something. Yeah, there's a word, there's a term for that. Shows how fucked up we are as a society. We have a term for that. Mock killing Any, term. Don't uh, give hey, me my VPN on. It's not a pinata because that's it's a little different. It's a little different. Well, there's a Japanese a practice that I don't know what the f- tusujiri. I don't know. That sounds kind of fucked up. All right, continue on with the stats. Um. Okay. So third obviously, period, obviously, third period comeback there's, wins. There's a big zero. Zero. Which we all know and we've talked about is like the stat also is that not only the only team to have zero, every other team at least has two. 
How do you not have one? So I don't know how you have like that many games decided by one goal and don't have any uh comeback wins at all in the third period. And then losses when and obviously that's the fewest in the NHL. Losses this is, this is the kicker, eh? Yeah, losses when outshooting opponents by 10 plus shots. Oh, are we first in the NHL? Oh no. First in NHL history. <laughs> <laughs> With 21. Yikes. Like that's some voodoo shit. So there is the summation and you got to like, think. I like, was even like, looking at just like PDO numbers, which is like, again, shooting percentage plus save percentage. Like you look at the teams who are usually at the bottom of the league in that. And it usually is pretty shitty teams. Like very rarely are you fighting for a playoff spot with the worst combined playoff or worst combined save percentage and shooting percentage in the league. It's mind blowing. You know, I'm watching the game last night, Lindholm, what a shot that was. Goes post and in. And that like that's it. That's the nope. season. That's the season right there. Wow, we went post and in. Did we even hit the post last night? Other than that, but that I counts don't as a shot so. on that. How many what game was it where there was four posts? Oh god. It was a recent game. I don't know if it was the Vegas game or the Dallas game or whatever it was, but they hit four posts in the same game. It was insane. Well, and I mean, there's there's some people might argue, well, you you didn't have a chance to beat the goal. You hit the post, but a lot of some is it just me? There's a lot of these the goaltenders beat, or you have yeah more than enough space, and you just hit the post, or it goes through trickles through the the goalie's leg, or it's deflection. He has he doesn't even see it, it goes by him, but hits the post. So I mean, there's obviously luck, um, bad luck. That's that's been a force that the Flames have been battling against all season long. Doesn't help to add to the frustration when you can't score. Super frustrating. But it's funny because let's say you put together two more better games. There's four points there. Let's say you get three more of those bounces and you get an extra five points. That's nine possible points. And then let's say your power play helps contribute to actually two more wins. Like that's 13 points. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah, and, that's not, and that's, Jacob Markstrom. Imagine Jacob Markstrom or Dan Vladar play at like league average save percentage. Give it another another four points. Like you're you're a razor's edge for this team from missing the playoffs to contending for first in the division. Like it's that close. That's why the level of frustration is so high. That's why the angst is there. That's why everybody's those are it's all this internal fighting amongst the fans. It's Daryl's fault. No, it's not. Yes, it is. What? I mean, if, he's an asshole. Hubro's lady. Caudry hates him. Huberto hates him. Lindholm hates him. All the he players that him. suck. He hates Daryl. Daryl hates him. Murray Edwards is out there fucking around in Switzerland telling everyone to fuck off. It's like he's, whoa. Brad's telling Daryl what to do. No, Daryl's telling Brad what to do. It's all this. Mono a mono, eh? it's like it's weird, but if that summation with all those crazy ridiculous stats, like you have you you have was that five or six? There's five. You're leading the category of five weird ass bonker stats like that, and then you throw in the the shooting percentage, save percentage. If it's true, you're a razor's edge. Even if it was ten points, you're a razor's edge from being ten points. 
ahead of where you are now. Like if you flip a coin, if you replay that season the exact same way, just by balances alone, five times out of ten, I would say you're in a, you're battling for first in the division. Like we're that close. So I mean, if you really break things down, we're right there. And if we are right there, no one's throwing out these crazy theories and idioms about fucking Daryl hating on the players and he's a dick and no one likes him and everybody's quit on him and Cotter hates him. And he, it's the players that suck. They hate Daryl. That's why they suck. They're choosing to suck. Is it, It's a chicken or egg situation. Do they suck because they hate Daryl or, or do they hate Daryl because they suck? I haven't even looked at uh, too much into Winnipeg. I don't know. If you have, like, what is wrong with Winnipeg? I just think they're not very good. And Hellebuck hasn't been, like, insane. And that kind of just exposes them as a team. Yeah, Hellebuck's been struggling. I mean, if you look at the team from last year, Winnipeg wasn't that great, even though they got so much, you know, firepower up front, but they can't score now, even with Ehlers back. But the only change they made was a coaching change, and it looked like it was going to work out for the first – you know, third of the season, weren't they leading the central for a while? Yeah, they were like way up there for a long time. And so even with that cushion, I mean, think of us, we've been scratching and clawing for months. Someone made a tweet and I was like, holy shit. He, I think he's right. The last time you felt good, you felt confident about this team was like game three. October was game three when we beat the Oilers and Kadri scored two goals. That was when you like, holy fuck. We're going to roll. Like, that was the last time you felt legitimately good and confident in the direction of their team. And it's been a fucking bitch fight ever since. So you got, comparatively, Winnipeg had a massive cushion. Man, they've been really struggling, if if that's the difference. I mean, we've, we've been scratching and clawing for, seems like, forever. Every win week. One, win one, lose one. Win it's one, like, lose one. Seriously. Win two, lose two in overtime. Beat no Vegas, beat Vegas, or lose to Arizona, beat Vegas. I mean, you get shit canned against LA, then you shit can Anaheim the next night. You LA, finally LA looked good. Yeah. See, LA, LA looks like. Because you know what? I was listening to Peter Marr, who I love and respect. He was talking on Rob Kerr's show today. And I think he made a good point because, again, everybody's all over Daryl. And he said, like, the Flames aren't playing Daryl Sutter hockey consistently. And they're not. Right? Like, you watch the Kings. How the Kings played against What was that the one goal? What was that one goal? I'm like, man, wait, I wish we four-checked like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, that's how you expect the Calgary Flames to play under Daryl Sutter. Like, they were freaking relentless. It was insane. That's how I expect the Flames to play. You got fucking Huberto and Caudry, man. Like these are supposed to be the engines, right? The two engines fell out of the airplane in the offseason. Brad goes and replaces the engines with these two. And maybe Caudry, it's the Stanley Cup hangover. I don't know. People are making comments. He looks tired. Yeah, sure does. Or lazy, one or the other. Hopefully it's it's the former <laughs> over the latter. Because you got how many more years? Oh, this is year one of seven. Six more years. And he's 32. I mean, we brought it up on the last podcast. It's like these guys have to produce. 
you're allocating all your dollars oh. so that these two produce. Like that's where your allocation of production dollars goes to is Huberto and Kadri. And it's like you need a Caliprod just to get them on the ice. Well, Kadri hasn't Kadri hasn't scored since February 18th. It's been over a month since he scored a goal. He's looked I mean, bad. You don't. Ex- that's the thing. He's looked bad. Is like I don't expect, and I I don't like getting bogged down in the points thing too much. I don't expect Kadri to be a big time point guy, right? Like he, I don't think anyone who knows how he's played over the course of his career expected him to come in and replace the things Matthew Kachuk or Johnny Gaudreau did for this team offensively, right? Like you f- expect him to be a a contributor, but yep. it was everything else, like the, his imp- overall impact on the game that was supposed to bridge the gap, right? It was like, Hey, we may have lost some offensive skill, but we've got a guy who's a gamer, who's a beast in all three zones. Who's going to be able to help us handle McDavid in a playoff series. And not only has he not been getting the points, he's not been doing any of the other things. Like, I don't care if you get, don't get points. Like why, why are you not back checking ever? What are you doing? Why are you floating every night? Why are you not having an impact on the game in the way that we need you to? Where's the energy? Where's where's he, you know, like in as much as we miss, miss Matthew Kachuk's skill and talent, we also miss his uh, dragging people into the goddamn fight, whatever you term for that is, right? Like that's what we need Kadri to do and he just like has not been doing it. Well, same with Huberto. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even like, okay, we... We need them to be high impact players. If they're not high, if an off season for a for an elite player is a low to medium impact, these guys are having negative impacts. Look at the turnovers. Look at the bad passes. The amount of I mean, look at the turnovers Cadre's had in the last two weeks, leading to odd man rushes, leading to goals, leading to timely goals. I mean, Huberto was doing it three on three, but and. I get it. There's a lot of a lot of people rush to the defense, and rightfully so. Like, sure, let's not all agree on everything. But if you watch Huberto, it's not even like he's he's not having a low to medium impact. It's a negative impact. As soon as he gets the puck, stops moving his feet. The play usually dies on a stick. Mm-hmm. He tries those spin around, uh, spin around of back passes. Half the time, they go right to the other team. The other half of the time, he's maybe a half, but the other quarter of the time, he's passed into his, his teammates' skates. And I uh, I get it. It's, it has to be a mental thing with him. And I think part of it is now he's feeling the pressure, right? The first 30 games was really anybody – everybody was giving him a super long leash. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's coming from Florida. Yeah, yeah exactly. It says he'll pick it up. He'll pick it up. We're six, we're more for 70 games into the season now, and there's really not much improvement at all. There's no improvement. And I mean, we're, I'm getting to the point. I mean, you pointed this out. Fans are now at the point where, oh, yeah, it's to be expected. Yeah, here we're doing. No, don't expect much. And it's fine. Yeah, like, like we've come to the point where it's the norm. Yeah, it's like, okay, he didn't. And I mean, like, he got an assist last night, made a couple of nice plays, but it's like, Every game, it's like, yeah, he he got an assist or didn't do anything. Yeah, that's what we yeah. expect. Toffoli was great. Um, Backlund and Coleman were great. Huberto, yeah, he was okay. Yeah. Was a 7-2 blowout in Vegas? He, did Huberto make the score sheet? 
Yeah, there was the six five game in against Dallas and the seven two game, and I think he had one was in on one of the goals, and it was the last goal by Dubé. And it's like I don't want to shit all over the guy, but um, it's just you know like forty one one goal games this year, right? Twenty six one goal losses. He sure could have used a playmaker to like set up a goal. One nice play. Ball. One. If you were to make two or three plays, just two or three. Like, and I think that picks people get like, again, points. I don't want to get bogged down and like Sutter hates him. He hates Sutter, blah, blah, blah. Obviously it's been an adjustment for the guy, but it's just like, I keep going back to like, okay, do we remember the game he played after Alan Walsh tweeted the New York game? Yep. Where it was like, he was shot out of a fucking cannon and it was like, holy shit. Where's that been all year? Yeah, why can't he you re recreate that, that game? And then after the game, he's like, yeah, that's how I have to play all year. Then he has not even come near that level anywhere else. It was just like, whoa, flash in a pan. Holy shit. Oh, okay. He's back to doing like not much on a nightly basis. So, you know, like <laughs> just a bunch is like, okay, like I don't like obviously Daryl's system or whatever, how the Flames play has had a, some impact on his point production it shouldn't have an impact on his overall impact right in the manner that it has and when you've seen him play like he did in a game against new york where i was like oh oh i guess daryl just like told him to like hey you know what's forget just you know what we're not playing the system tonight the quote-unquote system you you do do what you want there bud it was like no it was like it's 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 not like it's a switch off and on, but it's just like he's been so wildly not at the level he needs to be at this year. Yeah, I've been seeing some comments about Kadri, and I think most people are on the same page with both Huberto and and Kadri. But I mean, someone was saying, "Oh yeah, no, Kadri stopped playing." This is the this is the main thing. Yeah, they've stopped playing for Daryl, and they're like trying to sabotage the playoff hopes or whatever the shit, right? Yeah, which to me is. Anybody who's played team sports long enough, especially if these guys are pros, it's one thing if you're acting like a little baby and you're not a pro and you're just playing, you know, pickup or whatever. You're just, you're still, you know, you little kid or just an immature teenager and you're going to pout about stuff. These guys are fucking fully grown men. Exactly. They're millionaires. And and not only like that, it's like this is a veteran. This is was part of the promise. This was part of what we were sold on, which was going to be better about this year, right? It's like we don't have guys like like we we've moved on from the like immature flames who, you know, like it's like this is different. These guys are Stanley Cup winners, they're professionals, they're older. This is a veteran group. We're not gonna have any of the bullshit. I just don't look, I, I can get to an extent. That maybe there's there's a frustration because you're losing every fucking well, not every yeah, night, but win you might not be as frustrated because you you're not you're not winning as often as you need to be in order to feel good about yourselves and your game and be in a playoff spot. Obviously, we're out. That's the most frustrating thing, and I get it. Like as a player, it's really hard when you're perpetually frustrated. I mean, that's how we feel as fans. But I just don't see how you have fully grown men who are millionaires who are pros. They play professional sports for a living. This is what they do. Which means hand in hand with there's a business 
side to the game. They all understand that. At the end of the day, they know Daryl's number one goal is to win a Stanley Cup. And he will not relinquish. He doesn't give a fuck about whether it's fun or not. And that's just the standard he operates by. And he he goes about things a certain way because of it. And I, I don't know. I guess I want to have this conversation again. Because this is the number one conversation amongst the fan base. Daryl Sutter, his style of coaching... I mean, Kenneth Wilson said, said it. It has a shelf life. His style of hockey is an effective one, but it seems like it wears down on players over time. I just have a hard time, if that if that's true, and I, I can buy into that. Same thing with every coach. Who's been the longest tenured coach? Probably Scotty Bowman. I don't know. That would be my yeah, first Barry, guess. Barry Trotz in Nashville, maybe. If you're losing, everybody gets frustrated and eventually there needs to be a change. So, I mean, it's it's not just – this isn't a, just all about Daryl. Like, it's, this is how the sports work. Well, yeah, like look at Vegas. They hired Bruce Cassidy, who was in Boston, who apparently the players didn't like in Boston. It's so as soon as, as soon as you start losing and stuff stuff's not working, oh, they must not like, like the coach. They're losing. And, I mean, we had the – on the other side of the spectrum with Jeff Ward, but I mean, that was different. The team actually stunk like five on five. That was, that was so mind blowingly obvious that it was like, Hey, this could be fixed by a guy who knows what he's doing. X's and O's wise. Yeah. Which Daryl does. And so we're coming back to this conversation because there are, I think it's more than 50, 50, or maybe it's just the vocal portion. But it seems to be like more fans are on the fence of this is Daryl's fault. Replace him and watch everybody. Everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. Like, that's all you got to do. It's the only thing holding this team back. It's the only thing holding Huberto back is Daryl. The only thing holding Cotter back is Daryl. The only thing holding this team back. I mean, someone even tweeted the other day is, look at the whole team. Is like, I can't remember the exact. I should have sent it to you, but. Um, across the board, it'd be one thing if it was one or two players having a down season, but literally <laughs> every single player is. It's just like, no, it's not. Take off the Daryl Sutter is all his fault glasses. You have some career seasons happening here. Obviously, Toffoli, Backland. I mean, yeah, sure not, Backland's not going to groundbreak any of his previous numbers, but he's getting right up to where his, his career highs have been. It's the best we've seen him in at least two or three seasons. Dude, Toffoli career high. Backlund is going to hit a career high probably. Anderson is having a monster season. Especially especially a factor in the five games coming back from head head injury. Dubé. Hannafin is even, he's even putting together a solid individual season. So Lindholm Lindholm is like right in his, where he's usually at. Yeah. If you, if you subtract the two breakout seasons with Johnny. He's right where on pace where his career average. Like, it's not the case where all the players are having down years because of Daryl. Like, it's just, it's not actually true. And I get the frustration. I do. And I'm, I mean, there's a lot of things Daryl does that frustrates me too. But 
He's putting all the young guys in. They're all getting rotated now. Say what you will about how he's handled the goaltender situation. He fixed it. Well, he's kind of eventually done everything that everybody wants. And then it's like, okay, maybe it doesn't work out. And everybody just like, yeah, well, not everyone just like moves on to the next thing. Right. It was like, get Pelche in, get him in, get him in. What are you doing? Get him in. Okay. He's in. Played like 30 straight games in the top six. Right. Well, it was funny that little meme after the the Vegas win. Yeah, because ever there was announced Pelche and Dewar were out. Yeah, and Lucic and Lewis were in or something. Everybody was just fucking losing it, and then he he juggles the lines, right? And the meme was basically the fan base saying change the lines, and then so has Daryl with his tongue sticking out doing the goofy face. The next one is the seven two screenshot of the scoreboard. With the awful then, lines. <laughs> with the awful lines and everybody's freaking out. Not like that. Don't change lines like that, even though he right? wants to. Yeah, it's like everyone's like, you got to play Vladar. You got to ride Vladar. He did. Didn't work. Didn't work. Okay, well, the uh, next thing. Um, scratch Lucic. He did. Scratches him. Still lose. Like, I mean, I, I think he fixed the you... goaltending situation, don't you? Well, he fixed it by saying, yeah, Markstrom, it's you, right? Yeah, he basically came out publicly and said, we just need Markstrom to get hot. Ever since he said that, the goaltending has been, for the Better-ish. most part, for the most part, comparatively to the rest of the year, comparatively to the most part, it's been fucking fantastic. Just the Dallas game and the LA game, we'll just kind of delete those. Even though you still... Could have won that Dallas game. Yeah, they came back, man. They showed her off. It's like can't it's believe funny. they blew that. It's funny though because you have this this theory that's pushed so hard. Oh, the players have given up on Daryl. Yeah. Did you see how they came out? Was it third period against the Kings or second period? They were down like five nothing, and they came out in the second period just fucking flying. Like, listen, if the veterans on this team like Toffoli, Lindholm, Coleman, Backlund. Anderson, all the guys you've been naming, if they really hate Daryl this much and they're and don't want to play for him, they're sure doing a good job hiding it. I still remember that um, players only survey, <laughs> and it was like a whole bunch of questions: Who do you think is the best player? Who's the most overrated? Who's the most underrated player? And then they had the coaching that they had: Who's the coach you would most want to play for? Who's the coach you would least like to play for? And John Tortorella is in the top five in both. Yeah. To me, that's where Daryl, you have these coaches, they can be effective. I mean, how long has John Tortorella been coaching? Long as Daryl, maybe a little less. I mean, there's a need for it. There's a desire for it. There's a want for it. There's a demand for it. And if it gets results, it works. So, I mean, if you're looking at five on five across the board, it's getting results. There's a lot of results tied into the systems that this team plays, driven by the coaching style. We're not getting enough results on the scoreboard, but you have this giant elephant in the room, right? Which is just like, okay, but all these little factors, there's way too many of them because they all add up, right? You go through that wild and wonky stat sheet, then you add on the save percentage, shooting percentage. Then you add on the Markstrom effect. Then you add on the Huberto effect. It's just like, how? 
are they still potentially going to make the playoffs? How? The only thing is the 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 underlying system, right? That's the only thing that's kept it's them the foundation. Them. Exactly. Because none of none of the what 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 goes on top of the let's say aesthetic, just all the add-ons, all the extras, none of those have clicked. Other than Toffoli. And you know, some of the guys are, are having career seasons in this system of which apparently is so such sort of a hindrance to this team that no one can buy into. That no one continues to buy into even though they're out there working their balls off and you know still winning some games well so i don't know like that to me is indicative of like the 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 res the low resolution of all the it's all daryl sutter's fault like and i think a big part think, of it i think a big part of it is recency yeah exactly Lying, that's what i was gonna say like, this have you guys forgot over the last nine years what's been going on here like I think the problem it fundamentally is that the flames still are operating in this like right because like why do we yo-yo every year like what is this why are we in out in out in out it's like because they're just like every year with the roster or whatever they're just throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks sometimes it works worked in 2018 worked last yeah. year didn't work didn't work for like 2017 didn't work in 2019 didn't work in 2020. Yeah. But they're never like laying a solid foundation with this roster and building on it year to year. It's just like, like if you look at it in context, what the Flames did this offseason was pretty much what they always do, which is just like pay free agents to come in and just like hope it works. Yeah, there's a foundation for coaching that's holding this team at rest, but you're right. There has not really been a foundation put forth by the, the general manager. Which is why sometimes the shit sticks and sometimes it doesn't. Exactly. It's like, how can we be so good one year to the next? Well, it's because the philosophy is let's see what happens this year. Instead of being like, hey, where do we want to be in three, four, five years? And let's make our decisions based on that. Yeah, going into the season, I think like, the flames are better. You thought wrong. Right? Like that's just a guess. You can't build a hockey team by like hoping a prayer. All these decisions every year are just like, it's not building upon what happened last year. It's not building upon the roster. It's not building upon this. There's no fundamental plan in place. And then you're surprised when, oh yeah, this roster that we just threw together by the seat of our pants, like isn't really working as we had hoped. Well, yeah, you take the risk when that's how you assemble your team. And then you have, I mean, you call it recently, recency blindness. You have it on the management aspect with the roster. You have it on the coaching aspect with the coach, with everybody's thoughts about Daryl and Brad, right? Like with with the management aspect on on Brad's end, end of things. Oh, what's, what was he supposed to do? His hands were tied. I mean, you know, we've been posting stuff about the season that Matthew Kachuk's having. Oh, God. I mean, that's because you can't help it. Yeah, it's just I still you can't I stay mean, away from it. Since Jerome again, like this was by far and away my my favorite player, and it goes. I think it goes beyond. Like he's a he was a fan, like fan favorite. Like he was beyond a favorite player. Yeah, I don't even know who my favorite. I don't even know if, if I have. I don't think I have a favorite player currently. 
No. Because I don't know. Are you kidding me? Just like who's I don't know. <laughs> Toffoli, obviously, currently, but that could change in a week. But with Kachuk, like he just did something on a whole nother level. He like transcended the Yeah. And so I mean that's that's why we post these things. And I don't obviously when you you know I mean we both posted on social media the um which stat do you want to go through? There's a lot of them. I think it was at the Hart Trophy. Oh right, that he's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's he's been the most valuable player outside of McJesus. Well, I like before they lost yesterday, he did score though against Philly, but in the last ten games they had they've like climbed into a wild card spot. Over that span, he's got five goals, eight primary assists, seventeen points, forty eight shots is like 70 plus expected goals for at five on five. Like the crazy stat that I put, I can't like, and I can't help but post these things. Cause sometimes you just see them and you're like, Oh my old God, I have to tell somebody this, but it was like, he has as many points in his last five games as Hubert does in his last 20. <laughs> it's hard. Well, it's hard not to compare. Crazy. It's hard not to compare Matthew to Hubert. It's hard not to compare Johnny. <laughs> How Dude. much does Huberto hate Chuck, eh? It's like, you stole my life from me. Right. You bastard. And then obviously when you throw out stats, you, you're inviting arguments. Yeah. So it's it's par for the course. But this recency minus is like, yeah, okay, I get it. Brad didn't have a choice because Matthew wanted out. But what, what was the, like, that wasn't the last domino to fall. There was plenty before that. I mean, the management of his roster and his player personnel, everything everything leads up to something. Like, there's not – Matthew Kachek did just wake up one day and be like, actually, you know what? It would be nice to play in Florida. <laughs> Maybe Johnny Gaudreau did that. Because he's an or idiot. Mer- or Meredith did that. You know what, Johnny? It would be nice to play in Columbus. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but there's the obvious – you know, bridge deal that, that was Chucky was signed to, right? Oh, but what was he supposed to? Well, and you can go listen. Like, that's around the same time we started having this show. And you can go listen to that. And it's like, we were just like, man, okay. Like, this risky, risky. as shit. Brad risky. better have his ducks in a row in three years and be able to retain this guy because, like, this is walking, essentially walking him to be a, a functional UFA. So let's hope he has a plan for the... Nope. I guess nope. Didn't. So I mean, there's the domino, the first one, right? Well, I mean, well, you, I, yeah. you don't give him an option. Like, look at Brady. Why didn't Ottawa sign Brady to a bridge well, deal? Exactly. Well, it's like every chance you had to make Matthew Chuck the believe in Matthew Chuck and commit to Matthew Chuck, you had all those chances and you didn't take them for whatever reason. I don't know. But yeah. you could have given him, an, like, I remember when Drysaddle signed his deal, like, this was a long while ago, but everybody was like, holy shit, eight and a half million dollars. Like, there was that period of time before a lot of these younger guys were getting paid a lot. And Kachuk kind of, like, just was in that kind of, like, Mitch Marner kind of area where it's like some of them were getting paid a lot. And it was just like, whoa. And it was like a lot of them were precedent setting. But I remember the Drysaddle one, everybody was like, holy fuck, that's way too much money. What are they doing? It's like now he's the best contract in the league other than Connor, right? And it's like that's what Kachuk could have been if you had just kind of like yeah. 
had some foresight. Like I, 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 if you had signed him to, I think there would have been a lot of people because there was a lot of people. We had this discussion many times. Oh yeah. In when Kachuk was still here, like in the bubble, everyone was like, "Holy shit, his qualifying offer is nine million dollars." Fuck that shit. And we were always like, "Are you kidding me? That's like slam dunk all day long." Like if you had given him a nine year or a, a nine million dollar a year times eight in twenty nineteen. There would have been a lot of people who would be pissed. But I think that's where my frustration lies with Brad is that he's never made those hard choices. He's always just let things get so out of control by being passive or just not dealing with them or just letting them play out where it's like, oh, shit, I just lost Geo for nothing. Oh, I didn't trade Sean Monahan before he fell apart and I had to give a first round pick to get rid of him. Well, I wanted to see if Johnny Joe was for real before I signed him to a big extension. Oh, fuck. Well, I didn't want to pay overpay Matthew Kachuk throughout the prime of his career. It's just like the risk the, the risks he chooses to take versus the ones he doesn't always have confused me. Because it's like, why are you risking? Why are you willing to like do that with Lucic or Neil or Brower? But you're like not yeah. willing to do it with Kachuk or Gaudreau. Like, why? Or like, <laughs> I don't get it. There's a whole captaincy conversation, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, we look, we've already. Oh, and discussed. it's pretty funny looking at how there's like no leadership on this team this year. Well, you look at what he's doing in Florida. Who's right. the leader on that team? Dude, it's so funny because, like, I think they were just saying this on Spit and Chicklets, and this has kind of been going around like, oh, Matthew Kachuk is dragging the Florida Panthers into the battle and into the playoffs. Oh, fuck. He's dragging them backwards, oh. kicking and screaming into the playoffs. And everyone's like, man, oh, who would have saw this coming? And Flames fans are like, yeah, we watched it for the past five years. Who's dragging us, dragging us into the battle now? Daryl, that's it. That's it. I don't yeah, but you. he's doing it too mean. But regardless, I, mean, I could go, we could go down the Chuck rabbit hole forever. But I think the thing that's weird to me is that, and again, you're talking about recency bias and all the infighting and Flames fans is like, everybody's acting like Brad doesn't have a nine-year history of like dicking around this team, right? It's kind of like, there's a weird sentiment out there right now. It's like Daryl walked into like this great situation and fucked it all up, which I don't understand. It's like, where have you guys not been around for the past nine years? Where we've been spinning our tires and like winning no playoff rounds. Maybe you go back to the bridge deal with Chucky. Oh, what was he supposed to do? See what lies ahead of you and prepare. Instead of always playing on the edge. Oh, we'll figure it out when we get there. Magic Chuck, yeah, I know, but we'll figure it out when we get there. Johnny Gaudreau, yeah, we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah, we'll do it. When we yeah, you sure figured it out. The critical moment. Sure figured it out. They figured you out. I mean, it's the same thing with the recency bias with the coaching. It's just like, okay, the Jack Adams winner. No one had a problem with Daryl last year. No one. Well, and the, the other thing that's funny, there's a lot of things that are kind of funny to me just with the discourse on Daryl in particular is like, if this happened last year, like if Gaudreau and Kachuk were underperforming in a manner like Hubert and Kadri are, and I don't want to put this as like Hubert and Kadri versus the coach, but like if that was happening last year, I think there's a large chunk of the fan base and a large, a definitely majority of the media who would have been like, see, Johnny Gaudreau is a little bitch. 
Why is he whining so much? Oh, I told you he couldn't play under a hard coach like Daryl Sutter. Chucky is overpriced. Would have been overpriced. Yeah, he's so overpriced. What a little bitch. Like, they just don't want to play for Daryl. Like, that's what the story would have been if Kachuk and Gaudreau had sucked last year. And then for some reason this year, it's like the star players are handled with, like, white gloves. And it's like, oh, it's all Daryl's just being so mean to them. And that's why they aren't performing like star players. It's like, oh, well, uh, okay. And I mean, like, I think what bugs me is like, even if you don't like the coach, because like, it sounds like some of the guys don't like the coach, right? You've got Boomer coming out saying, guys are saying, I'm not coming back if this guy's here. What the fuck kind of attitude is that? Like, are you kidding me? And the fact, I think what bugs me the most is like, if that's getting out right now, somebody's talking about it right now. There's players or a player on this team who's talking about it right now. You're trying to make the playoffs right now, right? Like, like you said, are you a professional or not? You know, are you a fully grown man professional? What do you owe to us as fans? Like, it sounds like Kachuk and Daryl didn't get along great from comments Kachuk has made in just like right after he had signed. And, you know, he was on Chicklets saying like, yeah, you know, saying it without saying it, that he wasn't the biggest fan of Daryl. He was still awesome. Like, pull up your pants. Like, what are you doing? Right. Right. Like, Like, you 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 don't you have something else to play for to motivate you? Like, you, Kadri and Huberto, like, and I don't know if it's them who are saying they don't like Daryl. The thing is, Elliot put out something that Kadri's been vocal in the room. It's like, yeah, well, no shit. That's how Kadri is. He didn't specify whether it was like, yeah, fuck you, Daryl. I don't like how you're handling things. Um, but that's how most people well, perceived it. You know what? I want to pause you right there because it was not long ago. I think a week. He was on After Hours. You remember that? And it was after another fucking shit loss against a shit team. And Kadri, his his comment was interesting because he said, well, I'm not giving up. And I think he even said something to the extent of, I'm not going to give up like other players in the room. Things aren't going your way. It uh, becomes a little tougher. But, you know, always a guy that's not going to quit, just like uh, most of those guys in the dressing room. And, you know, we're going to continue to try to push. And, um, you know, if we're going to go down, it's, it's going to be swinging. And someone pointed that out and... I was like, yeah, fucking rights you're not, even though he's been shit. But if he's been vocal, I would almost kind of think that regardless of what is going on, and I think the biggest issue in terms of player relationship, whether it's player to player or player to coach, is the amount of losses, is the lack of wins. If you're winning... That shit is way easier to deal with than when you're constantly losing. It fucking eats away at you just differently, right? But I'm almost of the tendency to think that Cauter is maybe more vocal in a sense of like telling these guys to stop being bitches. Friedman just floated it out there that he said Cauter a vocal guy and he has not made it. He has not been quiet about what he sees wrong in Calgary and the communication between players and coaches, right? Like that's all he said. Everybody That's, took it to be Daryl and Kadri fucking hate each other. Yeah. Well, and I think you see it. It, it there's a it is. It's a derangement syndrome. <laughs> right? Because it's like all shitstorm. As soon as that oh, quote came out, it was like, holy yeah. shit. The weather forecast is dark and gloomy. Fucking Daryl. It's like these, like, these yeah. things that have no correlation whatsoever are Daryl's fault. Right? Or these things that it's just like 
Every well, that that's Daryl. Yep. You know that that must be. Did you see how Tanev looked at him on the when he was leaving the bench? What a Daryl right there. Fuck that guy. And that's dude. You're when Michael's saying that it's not throwing it out there to be funny. Like that's an actual comment. That's what people that's, do. That's what people are doing. Like and you did, think- you, did you see the way he skated off the ice? Fucking hates Daryl. <laughs> Didn't he didn't look at Daryl on the way off the ice? Fucking hates his guts. Like Kadri knew who the coach was when he signed here, right? I don't know. Did Jonathan? He must not have known him. Yeah, he must have just. Oh, Daryl's the coach. Oh shit! Fuck. Yeah, he must have just. They well, you know what? I'm just Darryl, gonna pack it in and try and try to get acquired after the signing that Daryl was the coach. Hey, Alan, did you do any due diligence on the coach? Apparently, you have a problem with him. Not your fault though, is it, Alan? You didn't have a problem before the eighty-four million was in your was uh, in your bank account, did you, uh, there, guy? But I mean, I mean, you look at the season this this team had last year under Daryl. You look at the season they had before that when Daryl took over. It took time, and even though it, you're thinking, yeah, it's probably going to take time with the new core. It is. It is taking time. And even though they've foundationally, they have a good foundation laid. I think there's a lot of bad luck. Oh, a lot. It's like satanic, demonic curse bad luck this year. No, that's what you get when you dabble in the dark arts. That's what you get. You get what you eh? deserve. <laughs> get what you deserve. Reddit needs to repent. That's the only reason this is happening this year. Well, with all that said, it's just like, no, if you really pull it back, I mean, is it really a coaching issue? I could see if if the coach is literally having a negative impact on terms of motivation, then yeah. And if it – but if, is that – how long does that last for? Is it a week long and then the player snaps out of it? Like you had – you had – um Commodore on the was it in Dallas? Yeah, he was great. <laughs> that was the best intermission I've seen. Why don't they have him on every intermission? We got we're stuck with Francis. Every Francis has been better. <laughs> He's been better, but still Francis. But you know, Commodore's telling a story of like, yeah, the only time Daryl ever yeah. told me, ever ever talked to me was I came off the bench and he's like Daryl leans he, he over and says, gotten, when are you he get... just got an elbowed like in the face and had a bloody nose or something. And Daryl comes over and says, when are you going to stop being such a fucking pussy? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, it pissed him off. But then he ended up, he says, basically he channeled it and made help him fucking. Well, Daryl pushes buttons, right? Like, that's what he does. Like, I, Go, and, like, is that not hilarious, though? It's fucking awesome. Everybody is like, oh, fuck, that's hilarious. Well, uh, at least I am. I think that's fucking hilarious. Like I've heard Conroy, like Conroy said the same thing. Is like he would like he knows how to. He, he'll motivate you good. Is like you'd get a tap on the bench. Say if I don't fucking see everything you've got on this next shift, you're not playing again. It's like stuff like that. So yeah, that's probably mentally. You know, you have to be probably a certain kind of person. Hey folks, just a word from some sponsors. So DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to a thousand bucks. 
You can make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you can get another shot to cash in. You can throw it out on all major action for golf, MMA, baseball, everything. There's same-game parlay spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props. You have endless betting options. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to 1000 bucks. That promo code is THPN, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. If you want to save 20 bucks on some tickets to a sporting event or a concert, you can use our promo code in the dome pod over at seatgeek.com on your first purchase. So you'll save 20 bucks on your first purchase of 50 bucks or more with our promo code in the dome pod. Back to the show. To deal with that. Um, but I mean, and then from a fan's perspective, though, you're like, okay, well, you make how much money? Just suck it up, right? Yeah. But at the same time, we want the team to win. So if 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 literally they, they're incapable of sucking it up, sure, change the coach. But if they're well, incapable, yeah. do we not have a bigger issue? Exactly. If that, That's what I keep saying. Is like, if you I, can't like, handle your I don't fucking wanna, yeah. coach pushing your buttons, are you going to handle a fucking four, four rounds of playoffs? What are you going to do in the Stanley Cup final when shit gets real if you can't handle Daryl Sutter like, Trying to be hard on you to win a must-win game on a Wednesday night against a shit team you can't beat. Yeah, and I mean that's so, kind of been my argument is like to people is like okay, like if you think sounds like Daryl is a lot of some guys don't like him, right? Like okay, what happens if you who are you hiring? What's what is a new coach going to do to this team that Daryl Sutter is doing that takes them to a level? That they're gonna like win a Stanley Cup or win a playoff round or get to the playoffs, which to me is just like that's the the zoom out problem is not is everybody's like oh who's the coach they're gonna change the coach this year they're gonna change this the zoom out problem is this off season I want to see a freaking plan for the next two to three to four to five years like unfolded I don't want to see Tree Living sit there and go oh, yeah we're gonna try it again next year. Even we're though throw some much, shit at the wall, right? And it's like, oh, we're just gonna tinker. We're gonna sign this guy, and then we're gonna Which try you know, it again. That's what he's gonna do because that's all like, he knows how to do. Exactly. And I mean, that's the thing that I appreciated about when Daryl got here is like he started talking about like building year to year, right? It doesn't just happen. Winning doesn't just happen overnight. Well, and then he got a taste of it, and then he fucking right. Forced, he forced a rebuild, and you can't even fucking lock up your studs long term. So again, how was like, that good management? You. <laughs> Right? Like, I don't get that. Daryl comes in. That's the thing. Look at the timeline, right? Seven years of like, Brad, what are you doing? Seven years of like, okay, I'm going to fire Bill, uh, Bob Hartley, which fine. Fair enough, man. And bring in and go on a 15 year long search for the perfect coach for this team. Oh, wait. He's like, not even a borderline assistant coach. Okay. You have to fire him. The only reason you fired him is because Bill Peters came available because he got fired in Carolina. You have to fire Bill Peters. Then you hired the Jeff Ward. Like, it's just like, this has been a nonstop shit show. And still Daryl come on and got came in and got things back on track, right? Like, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say the season the Flames had last year, in large part to Daryl coming in and getting things on track, saved Bradtree Living's job, no? Oh, yeah. The Flames suck and missed the playoffs last year. Is he still around? Probably not. So, like, I'm just saying the zoom out problem is... Is this is not coaching? I think Daryl Sutter is a good coach. If you want to change the coach, if you have to change the coach, 
if you don't know if Daryl Sutter, if you want to like rebuild or whatever, or have a plan that doesn't involve Daryl Sutter, like that's sure. But yeah. to say that Daryl Sutter is not a good coach and he should be fired because of this team's performance, I think is, in my opinion, not true. And I'm I'm on the same same fence. Like we're saying, you got a bigger issue if you can't handle poking and prodding from Daryl in order to try and motivate you to win. There's probably a bigger issue. Like, what is you replace Daryl? That's a temporary fix. I mean, what really needs to happen is the players that are having career years or on pace for career average keep going. The players that have fallen off cliffs, player, they got to reinvent themselves and you got to suck it up. I don't necessarily think. Replacing Daryl is even an option in terms of where management sits, is it? No. Like, let's like, let's go you, to this discussion. Yeah, because, yeah, this is a good discussion, yeah. And I'm sitting here night after night, every night we play, and just like discussing and arguing and whatever with people on Twitter. I don't know what it's like on Instagram, but a lot of people are convinced that Daryl is going to be fired. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, okay, same same thing. Have you not been paying attention the last seven years? I don't necessarily think, unless, unless it's a complete overhaul, I would assume Daryl is going to be the coach next season. But, I mean, I pulled the fan base last night because I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, people really think Daryl's going to be gone because I, I don't. 427 votes so far. Will Daryl Sutter be the head coach of the Flames next season? 34% of people think yes. 66 say no. Whoa. Yeah, I think he's, I don't think he's going anywhere. The guy just won the Jack Adams, restored a lot in terms of the franchise. You look at the system, the actual system, team system, your top 10 in, in most categories. Outside of a couple of players having drop off seasons, your key players and your goaltending, goal and, and to like to be honest, it's really one like Mark. It's really two players: Markstrom and Huberto. Like everyone else, even Kaji, for how bad he's been recently, is still like in his career norm in terms of like production. <laughs> you know, you chalk up those five stats we open up with the posts alone. I don't know if that's enough to fire somebody unless there's actual. I mean, unless there's a big coup happening inside the dressing room, and I don't necessarily think there is. I know a lot of fans want to think that because it fuels their derangement syndrome as if it's a negative feedback loop. But I just don't necessarily buy it. Like, coming back to this thing is like, okay, I get it. Maybe Huberto doesn't love Daryl. Maybe he doesn't even like him. But based on his comments to the to the media – but you're obviously going to be, you know, not completely candid ever. You have to you have to guard yourself, protect yourself. But if you're reading the body language and stuff, I think Huberto knows he's the problem. It's not Daryl. Huberto knows he's the problem with him. He's the reason why he sucks this season. So, I don't know, man. Like, in, So unless there's some big-ass thing going on and – 
half the team comes to to Brad and says, We're, we don't want to play for this guy, blah, 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 which there is rumors that that's happening. And unless Brad goes to the man, to I don't think Brad's going to make the decision by himself. Oh, he's got to yeah, he's got to exactly. go talk to ownership. Who hired Daryl? So, but I even if that is the case, I think the best path forward for this current roster, if unless you're going full rebuild, which I don't think you are, is there's communication from the top down saying Daryl's going to be the coach next year deal with it. And I don't think Daryl is going to be on his high horse. If that happens, he's going to continue trying to build relationships. It's all he really is trying to do with these guys. I mean, you met, you, you can motivate two ways, right? You know, fear and reward. He's both. I mean, he's, he's been, he's had praise for pretty much every player. He's also shit on a lot of players. He does both. Usually he gets a good result. Huberto just can't seem to figure it out. And I don't think it's Daryl. I think it's a Huberto problem. If you watch him play every shift, it's a Huberto problem. Um, but I think the, the best way forward is you communicate, look, we're not making a change. So you need to, to reinvent yourself and your game for next season because this is the direction we're headed. And that might just be the best thing for, for the mental health of all these guys is, okay, because that's the thing. It's just like when you know the reality and you know the path forward, you can deal with it. You find a way, right? If there's unknown, if there's uncertainty, if you're like, oh, well, maybe he won't be the coach, blah, 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 or this or that. You know, the unknown can eat away at you, have a negative, negative effect. But, and I think that I honestly think that'd be the best for a player like Huberto. It's like, fuck you, figure it out. You're going to be making 10.5 mil. How much is he going to make next year? Yep, 10.5. Figure it out. $10.5 million, okay? You got zero other problems in your life when it comes to the wall. I mean, sure, you have your own problems, but financially, you got zero fucking issues, bro. Yeah, like outsource every little fucking issue in your life. Just focus on figuring out how to play hockey. That's what you're getting paid to do. Does he have a family? He's single, isn't he? I think he's got a girlfriend. <laughs> Based oh, on his recent yeah. Instagram posts. Yeah. Like, what the what is fuck he doing? is this? Is, is he, he a doing... realtor now? I don't understand. Do... What are you doing? Are you selling me a house? Is he doing commercials for I fucking... no idea. Yeah. It's for like, you for wanna... some weird beverage I've never heard of? What the fuck was that? <laughs> What's the most weird thing? No context. He's just like in his house with his girlfriend just in like... Yeah, was he selling? Is he selling a house? Is he a brand rep for this weird alcohol I've never seen before? What are you doing, Jonathan? What's going on? Figure it out. Well, and I even don't want to hear. I don't feel sorry for you. Yeah, you make ten and a half mil. I don't feel sorry that you suck at hockey right now. Don't blame it on someone else. And that's the thing. Like you made this point up. It's just like. Sure, you don't like the coach. Play for another reason. Like, where's your own self-pride? Can you not find another factor to motivate you? Why can't you drive yourself? And and I I bet you that is what he is doing. He just hasn't figured it out yet. I don't buy into this thing. It's like he's given up. I really don't. No, like you, you watch him play. It's like 
it's not that he's lazy or just looks like he doesn't give a fuck. It's just like he still looks like I don't know what to do. Yeah, he looks like a guy he's just fallen so hard. And he can't he can't figure out how to bring it back. But I don't I don't buy it, man, that these guys are quitting. They're quitting on the fan base, they're quitting on the team, they're quitting on each other, they're quitting on themselves. Because they don't like the coach. Like, come right? like, on. Again, like imagine this scenario with the guy. Like, I don't understand how this has been turned into like Daryl is so bad that uh, like let's say this is true that they're quitting. Daryl's so bad that this behavior is warranted. Like, take that with any other roster that's been here for the past five years. Like, if that was true of the Gaudreau Chuck group, everyone would be like, oh, look fuck. at these fucking losers. I told you they're losers. They're losers. Hundred yeah, like, percent. It's like, what just are you ridiculous. 12? Are you exactly. 12 years are you old? Playing PWC? You're gonna just stop. You're gonna give up. I don't I don't think these guys are doing that. I really don't. I don't and I and maybe it's a younger fan base driving the this message. I mean the media Francis sure loves to eat it up, eh? And then they exactly. they pile on too. Yeah, they love it. Francis will just We were wondering what player delight. he would, what player would replace the Gaudreau hated like and I guess it's Daryl's. It's the coach. Yep. He's got a and you know Derek Francis has a personal with coach Daryl's got a personal with everybody. That was funny, eh? When when Francis was in, or uh, not Francis when Leslie was interviewing uh, Commodore, he's like, "Yeah, hey, oh, Daryl only talked to me once." Leslie's like, "Yeah, he got me beat." <laughs> <laughs> Leslie's good about it though. He's not yeah. going out there trying to create a vendetta against Daryl. He takes it for what it is. Sure, yeah, you'd like to be buddy buddy with the coach like you are with the GM. I don't, the I, the I, thing I really, is, like, I, really, I, I think I yeah. really don't buy it. I don't think the players have, have given up on Daryl. I don't disagree. Who, with who would you say? Like, okay, maybe there's one guy. Like, I think obviously, if the rumors are coming out, there's somebody who doesn't like him or doesn't want to play for him. Based on the comment, like Boomer made, he was like, "Yes, guys are saying a guy said I'm not coming back next year." Well, it doesn't sound like somebody who's just signed a seven or eight year deal with the Flames would be saying that. So right. maybe it maybe it's somebody else, but okay, if it's one guy that doesn't want to play for Daryl, like I don't see the team get, again. Like if all these guys who like did you watch Who's last that? night? Lucic, right? <laughs> like, like, look at all our expiring contracts. <laughs> what choice do you have? It's just Lucic, who's like, bro, I'm not coming back if Daryl's the coach. It's like, okay, thank God. <laughs> Sheesh. But listen, obviously there's some shit going on, but I think the broader point is get it like you said before is like you have to tell them something get your shit together everybody in this organization why doesn't brad have a contract yes if he doesn't have one or does have one i don't give a shit he should have one or be out of here right like the fact there's just so much goddamn uncertainty from the top down to the bottom of this organization is ridiculous like nobody knows who's in charge that to me is like the off-season question everyone's like i'll just fire the coach whatever like just Make a fucking plan and structure your organization and tell me who's running things. How often do you see a a GM managing a team in a playoff race, in a window, apparently, with an ex- on an expiring contract? Like how often does that really actually happen? I like maybe is it Dubis? Like Dubis is up, I guess the Leafs, but they're like a contender, so it's a little different. It's just like get your shit from to- again, and if if even if this is true, some of the shit that's going on, this organization needs to figure its shit out. 
Well, we know that's a fucking like figured out. And that's the thing I've been saying for a while is like, hey, I, whatever you want to say, Huberto and Sutter hate each other, want to kill each other, don't want to play like or at odds. Like these guys are like you're saying, I don't think Sutter's going anywhere unless there's a top to bottom uh, like bonfire of this organization. So it's like we're this is where we're at. We're stuck with this team like fucking figure it out. Everyone. Like, where's the leadership in management? Like, you know, Daryl thinks it's like, that's the thing too. Is like, Daryl seems to be the only one who's like, yeah, this is what I think I'm committed to this certain way. Nobody else. They're just kind of like, like everyone else is just like cowering. What's going on here? Kadri and Daryl are the only two people in the whole organization who are like vocal about anything. Brad, figure it out. Murray Edwards, ownership. Give him a freaking contract or give him the boot. I don't care. Just like make a plan for this goddamn team for once and stick to it. I don't know, man. I think these rumors are well, it's a root like the word rumor. Go look it up. Is, is the definition not it's blown into proportion? Like the, the fact that it's it's the telephone game. Well, and again, if these guys were winning, we wouldn't be scraping the bottom of the barrel for all this shit. Like, what, have you ever played the telephone game? Have you watched that in action? It's fucking mind blowing, man. It's like, and, starts off. It yeah. starts off. Guy makes a telephone call to his wife. Ends. Oh yeah, this guy fucking cheated on his wife. Bang three other bras. <laughs> fucking the back of a back of a taxi cab. What? How did that happen? It's that's not at all what happened. I mean, by the time this shit, like, fuck. Well, here's the thing, like, oh, there's tension in the Flames locker room? No fucking shit. This has been one of the most frustrating seasons of all time. Oh, guys aren't happy? No shit. Good. It's like Fans that scene happy. in Moneyball, right? Where it's like, where Billy Bean comes down and they're all partying after getting smoked. And he's like, shut up. Silence. That's what losing sounds like. Losing's not fun. Nobody, like, that's like, come on. There should be tension. I'm so sick of all this. Like, everybody's got to be best friends. Buddy, buddy, how are you? Oh, this is the NHL. Kidding. Are you trying to win a Stanley Cup? What are you trying to do? Are you best? Is it best buddy hour? Or is Did it, you re- can we win? I remember, uh, I think it was business 101 course. I took, there's four stages of team development. One of them is storming where everybody fucking argues. That's how you get the resolution. No, 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 we want to agree with everybody. Every, we want to agree with everything everybody says. No feelings hurt, ever. That always works out. Yeah, it's worked really well, eh? Well, the guys just love each other in there. Oh, great. Does that mean we're going to win? No. Oh, well, why do I care? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody show some emotion. Somebody show they care. Oh, they're getting frustrated. Good. Oh, no, no, that's not a good sign. That's not a good it's look. It's bad. It's actually really bad when they're emotional, even though look we're how, calling for it. Look at Chucky. He's not a leader. Can't even contain his emotion. Oh, it'd be sure nice to have some emotion on Tuesday night. Fucking. Oh, I'd kill for a riot right now. <laughs> Can't be a riot, folks. Cannot. So we'll see what happens, man. I mean, this is. Uh... I, hey, and I mean, it's been addressed already. The, I mean, I don't forget who it was, but the media's talked about it. And I think it was with the whole Walsh thing where the players and the management are like, no, we don't. That's like all outside stuff. 
all those rumors like that's happened it doesn't happen and like we don't follow that we don't you know what i mean it's just like that's the fans and that's you guys right it's like all that fucking bs is happening outside of our reality we're just focusing on winning hockey games and yes shit doesn't always go well and there it has to be drama it's humans I mean, that's why Huberto is fucking. He's got a side gig, right? That's why he's. That's why he's, he's a brand rep for Aperol or whatever, like selling a house. Was it a house? I thought it was. It looked like wine bottles or something. I have no. It was like orange alcohol that I've like. I. What the I'm hell? I'm still. Is that? I still. Like, you sent me that. I'm like, what the fuck is this? He's like Huberto. Like smiling. I didn't even. Everybody else liked it. And I was like, how do I like? Like I don't even understand what this is. It's like, what is this? It's like Huberto hasn't looked any. He's like happier than he's seen him all season. Is this? It's a sweet you know, house. Is there some sort of drug in that drink? <laughs> Maybe that's why he stinks. Aperol. He's got hooked on Aperol, Aperol hey. spritz. Hey, Huberto's hooked on Aperol. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fucking problem. That's the new rumor. Oh fuck! Uh, no one told me it was a fucking byproduct of Adderall. I didn't know. Dude, it's fucking Aperol. Why didn't you figure that out? Maybe that's why I hate everybody in my coach. (laughs) Maybe, dude, like, maybe just get this poor bastard a vitamin D lamp. Like, maybe that's all. He's just so used to the sunshine. Like, right? You go. I felt fantastic in the last week because the fucking, it's, I'm getting this way more sunshine, bro. I feel amazing. Anybody who lives in Alberta knows about seasonal defect or seasonal affective disorder. And we all have it because we don't see the sun for nine months. Maybe that's all he needs. Get one of those. Some of them must have an iguana. They can just use that. Get Daryl and him. You can buy vitamin D lamps. Online, low UV, no UVA, just UVB. That's what he should be fucking slinging. That's what they should be doing. Him and Daryl, they'll be like both like super pleasant, just like over the next course of a week. Their mood will be totally regulated and it'll be great. Maybe win some hockey games. Yeah, that might help too. The Anaheim game last night was good. The LA game before that. Yeah, I mean, it came out flying. You kind of knew when they scored the first shift they're going to win because that's their MO. <sighs> I mean, the, the LA Dallas, game. Dallas the LA game, game was like, I that was a shit. Fuck. That was a game you weren't gonna win no matter what. LA was really good. Oh yeah, you're down five nothing. Good luck. Although you were down four nothing, I'm like, they're gonna come back because they haven't done it yet. They gotta do it once. Yeah. And Foley scores, and they probably yeah. do it in the last game of the season when they're already out. We were talking, and we enjoyed that. I was a good comment. We enjoyed that game because LA is showing us that they can beat the Oilers in round one. Yes. Well, half of my, I, as far as a, a, a Flames situation and, and fan, I'm not excited for the playoffs because I can't yeah. do this to myself. I cannot. Anytime I get excited, I just get let down. So I'm just keeping my expectations low. If we pull out a miraculous feat and win more than one game in a row to close the gap on Winnipeg, I like how the the night was it. Well, I guess we played LA, right? But the night that uh, both Nashville and Winnipeg lose, you also have to lose. But Winnipeg is giving us every chance. I am 
I am getting excited to cheer against Edmonton because yeah. I'm like, I, I want to watch play. Obviously, you want to watch playoff hockey. It's the most exciting thing. And I do have a vested interest. Edmonton losing. Call me sick. Call me twisted. I don't care. I get as much satisfaction to watch them lose as I do watch them. I usually get more because it's way less stressful. It's true. It's like yeah, the stakes you, are a little lower. It's, it's, it's literally that meme of Jerry Seinfeld eating popcorn on the couch. Exactly. Like, that's it. That, you got to love sports. <laughs> that's a shame. Oh, Conor McDavid lost again. That's a shame. But, yeah, I agree, man. Like, if you're looking at first potential playoff round uh, matchups, unless Edmonton finishes first, they're going to either play L.A. or Vegas. Oof. Yes, please. Both yeah. those teams can take Edmonton. I LA, think. LA pushed them last year and barely the lost. Seven. And they have some injuries. Hopefully, Fiel is like ready to go for playoffs. But if they get goaltending, like again, they were unreal. Well, they got Doughty. They didn't have Doughty last season. Yeah. And I mean, I still like the, well, the and- one two punch of Kopitar to know to be able to handle McDavid. Yep. So I would love that's a That's a juicy matchup if you're cheering against the Oilers. The Oilers. So I, and I, th- and I think you'll see some good hockey. Oh yeah, that's the the Kings play have really they're pretty good, and the Oilers have been really fucking good lately. Well, and the other thing than is, their goaltender, you got shithead Kane doing the 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 seven motion last year. Remember it gained six mm-hmm. six yeah. when they win. Remember going to seven and they win, so they got that extra added. Oh yeah, they get that extra added motivation that always comes back to haunt the team. And me, don't I, taunt. I, don't taunt. Don't back. Don't bad talk. It always come. Always comes back to haunt you, Kane. You're gonna fucking learn your lesson the hard way again. And I, I always like the Todd McClellan versus like him being against the others. Like just yep. like a oh, little you extra. Know, you know he has that fucking deep hate for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. We're only a few weeks out, and the dude. What's K? Okay, what's better? Spring weather, Oof. sun is blazing. Yeah, maybe where you are, you fuck you. I'll never <laughs> forget walking to the Flames Avs game one, and I showed up in shorts, and it was like freaking blizzarding on the on the walk there. That was nice. <laughs> sun is blazing. You got playoff hockey going and drinking beers on the patio. Oh my god, it's gonna be amazing. And you yeah, you know what? Like honestly, it's. They call me sick, but it's like more enjoyable to me when the flames aren't there because I don't have to be freaking freaked out all day and being like sick. Well, it's sick. it's stressful, but there is there's no greater experience than a lot. Yeah, it's so stressful though. Holy shit! Although it wasn't really stressful in 04. No, because that was all gravy, man. I was like, I can't. I'm just glad they're in. Yeah, you're playing this with found crazy. money. No one even give a shit. You just are so happy to be in the playoffs. And it was just win and win and win. The game six and seven, that was stressful. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> game up. six of the Stanley Cup final, you mean? Where he won it on home ice? I was in the fucking nosebleeds uh, for that one. I remember I die. my bro and I were there. I'm like, you couldn't fly me anywhere in the world right now. No place I'd rather be in the dome right now. <laughs> <sighs> it was in. It was in. Oh, well. Oh, maybe next time, eh? You think we <laughs> maybe next think, year? You'd think we'd get some fucking luck. What is it? Nope. Murray, Murray okay. Edwards obviously is a lizard person. 
yeah, he's obviously made some serious deals with the devil and like has sold his soul and the fortunes of the Calgary Flames for his oil and gas business. That's why we're perpetually doomed. Dude, that was in. It was in. Anyways. And, and the kick in the balls of it all is that Marty St. Louis scores the overtime winner when we literally just waved him. When we drafted oh, him well, and we then bought that. him out like two years prior. That's just we like did. the ultimate karma. We deserve that though. That was self-inflicted. Was that Craig Button? Can't yeah, Craig. I can't oh, wait. Oh yeah, tell to... me, tell me more about hockey, Craig. Can't wait. What's like? He's yeah, what hockey. you want to do is dump Mark Savard and Marty St. Louis and JS Jaguar all for nothing. Yeah, he's on. I watched last night. Don't necessarily disagree, but he's on Sports Center going. Oh, they're asking him which team, if they got in, Jets or Flames, would have a bigger impact. Neither. Remember, it was it like he had some fucking. He said someone had no chance. Was it winning last? Right, and they went and they won. Like he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, everything he says, the opposite usually happens. This guy was a terrible GM and ruined the franchise. Let's have him on. All right. What uh, I guess we should at least talk about the Vegas win. That was a good one. It's it's like they've been playing good. And it's just like if you had won that stupid Anaheim game at home ice last week, I'd be feeling so good. Yeah. You'd be two points out with a game against Winnipeg coming up. But yeah, you can't you can't do this to yourself and get excited like you said. Well, you got Vegas coming up. First first ice. win in Vegas. That was kind of nice. You got Vegas coming up. This is a tough home stretch, eh? Vegas, San Jose, and LA. So we'll probably beat Vegas, lose to San Jose, and lose to LA. Maybe coin flip LA. No, it'll be overtime. We got to throw an overtime loss in there. Yeah, that's right. It's probably a 1 1 1 in our future, or an 0 0 3, or a 1 0 2, something like that. Yeah. 0 1 2. Yeah. Yeah, there there you go. That's the the magic number. And then look at this. You got Vancouver, Anaheim, Chicago. That's going to be a rough week, eh? Are we going to get swept by Chicago this year? Season sweep, baby. That'll be the that'll be the playoffs oh, right there. Kill me. Then you play Winnipeg. That's on the second half of a back-to-back with... I hate how they do this. If you're going to make a team play back-to-back, don't make the second game start earlier yeah. than the first game. Like This is fucking stupid. Six o'clock in Chicago. Tuesday night, followed by Winnipeg at 430. 4.30? 4.30 start. Oh, my Lord. Vancouver, Nashville, San Jose. Watch, it'll be it'll come down to Calgary, Nashville, eh? <laughs> For the final playoffs. Nashville spot. deserves it the most out of all the three just because they have balls as an organization. Vancouver, I don't yeah. care what they do. Just, like, still be in it. By the, make, make sure the Winnipeg game is, like, meaningful. That'd be nice. Because I know everybody's still on like tank tank is like this team needs to get some freaking wins and show that they don't suck for next year, like for their mental well being. Like right now would be a great time for Jonathan Huberto to just like play some play five of your best games of the year. That'd be great. If not for the wins, if for yourself. Ten games left, twenty points left on the table. You're four points back, but you have a game with Winnipeg. If you can win that game, you're two points back with with eighteen potential points on the table. This thing's not over. 
It's like it's over, but it's also not over. It's like it, it's it comes back. Box. It comes. <laughs> it's like it's dead, but you don't know if it's dead because you can't be certain. It comes back to the tweet that we opened up with. It's the race of the three shit teams to see who can not be the worst. Let's hope it's Calgary. Cushion is a pillow with feathers. You know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass.